Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo-woo! And now, Dan and Ty. Welcome back to the Solid Verbal, boys and girls. Ty Hildenbrandt here. Dan Rubenstein, seated across from me. I am. I wanted to see you. We are in a large, empty room right now. We are. We are in the we're at Radio Row, which is just Radio Ballroom. This is our own. We really could do whatever we wanted in here right now. We had contemplated trying like a 40-yard dash. Yeah, I don't know if we could quite fit How many that yards is this? Like 30 maybe? Yeah, 20 to 30. Um, I would say I would – it's carpets. So I was going to say roller skate. Like we get a pretty like kick-ass game of like floor hockey, that kind of thing floor in hockey? here. Yeah, we get a touch game. I mean, what do, what do we got about – it's about seven yards, eight yards, nine yards wide between you the play, tables. You can play we touch football. We get a pretty good game of touch. Oh, you get a great game of touch you football in here. You get a five-on-five game in here. Who would be your first draft pick based on the people we've had on the show thus far? Ralph Russo is in excellent shape. Yeah. But didn't Bruce Feldman play semi-pro football? He did. So I got to go with that. You going with Bruce? I go, I go legacy. Um, Bruce Feldman probably first overall selection. Stables would give me some protection, offensive line mm. experience. But uh, in five-on-five football? Yeah. Can he th- if he could throw, that gives him an advantage. I don't even tall. need him to throw. I would. I mean, who is if he's boxing somebody out in the corner of the end zone, a sort of a tight end type. I think I would go. Staples. I see Ralph Russo as like a slot receiver. Yes. Like good over the middle, cu- run, has moves. Run a fly sweep with Ralph Russo. <laughs> I think I'm. I think that's insanely successful. Well, we've had a bunch of great guests on. It's been fun. We are in Radio Row. It is a large, empty room. We're the mm-hmm. only ones recording right now. It is Sunday. The excitement from the radio side of things for the college football playoff is palpable. Uh, does palpable mean non-existent and airy? <laughs> it does now. Yeah. So we've got a whole host of uh, other tables here, none of yes. which are occupied. Uh, this is our preview show. It's 2.30 on Sunday. Mm-hmm. We wanted to put together a short preview, just Dan and I, to talk about what we think is going to happen. The essence. Yes, in this national championship game between Oregon and Ohio State. Yeah. Don't forget, as you're watching the game, you can tweet us at Solid Verbal. Hit us up on Facebook on FanCred. Or uh, send us an email at yeah. SolidVerbal at gmail.com. Um, I don't know if we're going to have the reverb line open because we're going to be in transit. Right. Pretty shortly after. Let's see, the game's on a Monday night. If, uh, I tell you what, if people want to call in, we'll put the reverbs together, but we'll do it at a later date. Yeah, see, I'm not traveling home until Tuesday night. Right. Because uh, I'm shooting some stuff for SBNation.com. It's a website. Company man. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if we're doing a show Wednesday to recap everything or whatever the case or the following weekend, well, we can do reverbs. Call in. Again, the phone number is 408-VERBAL-1. That's 408-837-2251 if you're interested. We'll find some way to get everyone involved here. So it's been a great week on Radio mm-hmm. or Radio Row. Excuse me. They gave us a neat little curtain set up back here, which I tweeted out before. Yes. We've talked to everybody else about their thoughts on this game, but we haven't talked to one another about what we think. So right. let me ask you, let me start with you. Um, you are the Oregon grad. This is true. You clearly have a lot riding on this. Uh, I'm not going to say professionally, but certainly personally. Where does this game shake out in your eyes? How's it go? Um, there are obviously any number of possibilities. So my confidence right now is in Marcus Mariota and his ability to run a successful game for Oregon. At this point, as a third-year starter as opposed to a third-game starter, I think there, there's the enormous advantage that Did Oregon has. you know you has. were going to say that before you? No. That was good. But here we are. Yeah. Here we are. And not that the first two games were, were terribly bad for Cardell Jones. They're incredibly successful for his team. Um, 
My general opinion is with not a ton of time to prepare for Oregon, granted longer than an average week, um, with the number of ways that Oregon can win, with how talented Ohio State is, my inclination is to believe that it's a close win for Oregon at this point because of Marcus Mariota, because of how successful the offensive line has become when healthy. If this were a situation like they, they had against Washington State or Arizona, I would have my doubts. I would. I, I really don't think. I think that's the linchpin for for Oregon, as we've seen the teams that have beaten them in years past. Um, it really is those teams that are able to collapse that Oregon front. And as good as Ohio State's defensive front is, I have I have difficulties believing that they're going to be able to handle this line for four quarters. So. The concern is on the defensive side of the ball for Oregon, who didn't do a great job of getting off the field before getting the turnovers against Florida State. Um, but I feel confident-ish that Oregon, the coaching staff, granted a lot of this coaching staff game plan for a national championship four years ago, so this isn't totally new. Um, I don't think the speed issue will be huge with Darren Carrington being out. He hasn't started a game. I'm going to say Oregon... I'm going to stick by Oregon by about six. So I guess now they're covering on easy call. It was a seven-point spread. Um, so I'm going to still say about 42-36, but with the distinct possibility that Oregon could run away from could run away. Ohio State. I well, think they ran away from Florida State. Correct. So it's not going out on a limb to say they could do it to an Ohio State team, which, let's be honest, it wasn't all that long ago that we had written this team off for dead. Mm -hmm. The fact that now they're here is sort of a story in its own right, certainly with a, uh, a third-string quarterback. One of the themes that we saw in uh, actually the last show that we recorded here with Nicole Auerbach and uh, Ralph Russo, yeah. this notion of talking yourself into Ohio State, and that's something right. that resonates with me because that's kind of what I did with Florida State. When yeah. Oregon played Florida State, I just sort of thought to myself, well, okay, Oregon, Oregon's a team that's been on the big stage before, but has had problems They're in some capacity. Team. They're the butt team. So the it's almost team. like, you know, Ohio State lost their quarterbacks and they struggled with these teams, but they beat Alabama Wisconsin in that way. They're the, do you want to root for the butt team? Sure. They, so they have it, the momentum. It, you know, and I sort of talk myself into Florida State because mm -hmm. they had uh, the recent history Talents. of being very successful. The talent. Re the, yes. The, the former Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. and Winning and experience. Winning experience also experience this season coming back in tough situations yeah. they f they felt to me like they would have performed better Adversity. against Oregon they didn't no they didn't they almost lost by 40 points right and Ohio State most certainly did not show the need to come back they didn't go down big against teams in the way that Florida State did so no. it's an entirely different situation it's a different situation but still I find myself yeah. wanting to believe that Ohio State can keep this one close, mm -hmm. that it can be within the point spread yeah my initial reaction after Ohio State won that game against Alabama was no one's beating Oregon. Right. No one's beating Oregon. They looked more physical against Florida State than mm -hmm. I think a lot of people realize, myself included. Yeah. And I try to watch a lot of Oregon football, not as sure. much as you, but they look very physical. Well, they're a perennial top five team at this point, I would they're hope a good so, team. yeah. They're a good team, and they're uh, they're very physical. Yeah. More physical than a lot of people might have thought Kirk Herbstreet said well, it in the post Well, they're sort of in denial of, because they're on the West Coast, they play in a different time zone, and they play... It's, it's sort of the modern versus traditional. A modern team couldn't possibly be physical at the same time as being modern well, you know and it's a fallacy yeah it's a fallacy because they push florida state around mm -hmm. they really did because of that i am also going to go oregon i'm going to stick with my gut yeah i made a prediction yesterday 45 35 mm -hmm. oregon over ohio state it would not surprise me in the least if it were a runaway train yeah 
because of the uncertainty surrounding Cardale Jones. And a lot of folks here love writing about Cardale, sure. and I understand it because it's an interesting storyline. If you're coming into this game cold off the bench and you don't know anything about either of the two teams, the fact that one's playing a third-string quarterback who's gone 2-0, who's a monster. He's, at, a, he's a physical A-plus, and I think a... I don't want to use the word mental because that almost seems like I'm putting him down. I don't want to put him down because what he's done has been extraordinary. But he is he is still a, he's a mental green quarterback. Very green. Yeah. Very green. But that storyline in and of itself makes this thing interesting. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, while people might be rooting on the Ohio State side, I don't know if rooting for the team necessarily makes them any more inclined to win the game. Right. I'll go Oregon 45-35. Oregon 45-35. What to you is... The concern for each of the team. You mentioned Cardell Jones. Is that your biggest concern? Where where do you think the levy breaks for either team? Big plays. Yeah. Big plays. Um, you know, can Oregon prevent Ohio State from getting them? Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot this week about how. Do you think Ohio State can win without big plays? No. Okay. I don't. I don't know. I Do you trust Cardell Jones to sustain a bunch of 10-play, 82-yard drives the problem is this sort of intermediate plays that you were, right. I feel like eventually Ohio State will need to get consistent with. And I just He's don't con- feel like without an offseason, without spring and fall, and really knowing the playbook and having the full playbook at his at his ready, he, the throws that he's been successful in making have been outstanding. They've been on third and 11, up the seam to Jalen Marshall, whatever. These, you know, finding gaps in zones. Like, he's been surprisingly adept. Devin Street, best long ball receiver in football. Right. And it's, it's one of those things, though, where... Oregon's going to probably. Devin Smith, what did I say? Street. Yeah, you said <laughs> Devin Street. Devin Smith, excuse me. I was just going to let you, I was going to let you flail in the wind. My bad. Um, I, if he is able to do that for, I mean, Wisconsin has a good defense, but I think Ohio State's speed was clearly too much for Wisconsin. So Wisconsin team that lost to Northwestern, mind you. Um, the, the, the thing that I would worry about if I were an Oregon fan with this Ohio State team is how much they've improved over the course of the season at offensive line, how well they can defeat a defensive line. Oregon hasn't had a ton of trouble when healthy on the offensive line. But with Michael Bennett and Joey Bosa, if, if there's a havoc situation, Oregon will adjust pretty well. But that's the one thing you can't fully adjust to is your offensive line getting defeated right away. What happens when he has to check down? What happens when Cardale Jones can't throw that right. deep ball? What happens when he has to run the intermediate routes right. or has to throw the intermediate routes? Right. Is that something he's able to do? That's going to be Oregon's game He's done a pretty plan. good job of knowing him to throw it away, which is a maturation thing. <laughs> Into which, the crowd. Yeah, and sometimes it's on purpose, sometimes it's not. But he he is good at sustaining drives on big in big moments. The, the fourth quarter of his Alabama game was worrisome. Forgettable. Yes, definitely forgettable. Um, but again, it doesn't matter if you make big plays and you have a lead. Um, it will be interesting to see what kind of offense is unleashed upon Oregon with, you know, with him having so little experience. I, from the Ohio State side, I think the concern here is that if they don't get the big plays, mm-hmm. to what extent can you trust Cardale? That's that's my first concern. Mm-hmm. If you are Oregon, I think you need to try and establish your rhythm because it, it's apparent that the best way maybe to slow this offense down if we've seen it from years past. And I asked the question to Bruce Mm -hmm. and to Stu, but is there anyone that can somehow disrupt the timing of this offense? Marcus Mariota at this point in his Mm -hmm. career has seen so much already. You're not going to throw things at him that are like, oh, what is this defense? He has seen so much, Dan, that it's not like something's going to outright confuse him. The best way, I think, for a defense to attack then is to try and apply more pressure up front to throw off the timing of the run game, of the pass game, of whatever. Mm-hmm. If Ohio State can't do that, 
that's a problem for them. If they can do that, then that's a problem for Oregon. The real concern, though, is Oregon's going to score regardless. Right. This is a high-powered offense. They're going to find a way to put up points. And even if you're somehow able to disrupt the timing, yep. the main concern is, do you trust Cardell Jones to put up enough points to match on the other side of the ball? I, I don't at this point. I think the people that we've had on the show have almost universally said the same thing when talking about key moments, key matchups, um, key statistics. Both of these teams were able to, as all excellent teams do, take advantage of turnovers in the semifinal matchups that they had. Blake Sims threw three interceptions. I think they had a pick six with um, with a, a defensive lineman or a linebacker, I forget who, for Ohio State. And, of course, Oregon gets their five turnovers um, against Florida State. Oregon's second in the country now in turnover margin. I, it's, well, I'm having it in front of me, 1.43. I do not memorize turnover margin statistics. Um, and Ohio State at .71 is a top-20 team. That means Oregon's turnover margin is twice what Ohio State's is. Oregon has turned the ball over half as many times. It's uh, Oregon turned it, has turned it over 10 times this season, Ohio State 22. I don't want to sit here and read numbers to you, but that does indicate that there is an advantage that Oregon is more likely to have short fields. And giving or Oregon a short field, you, you have to just allow three. If, if Oregon's kicking field goals, Ohio State's in a great place. If Oregon is getting the ball consistently on 45s, on 40s, and keeping Ohio State's team on the field. Normally, to me, time of, pos time of possession is meaningless But because Oregon can win with or without the ball for long periods of time. If Oregon's racking up long drives that end in touchdowns in the first half, this game's over. Let me ask you a question that you posed yeah. earlier today. Have you heard anything this week from any of our guests that, that came by that changed your mind about yeah. maybe not how you feel about who's going to win the game, mm -hmm. but some aspect of the game yeah. that maybe you didn't Stu think Stu Mandel of. was really big on special teams and how that was a big advantage for Ohio State, and I think that's absolutely true. I think I'm, I'm not at all confident, as good as Aiden Schneider has been for Oregon on this stage, I'm not confident in his experience um, to kick a 47-yard field goal in a big spot or something like that, where as certain kickers, the, the punting game, the coverage team, we saw as, as one of the things, uh, the storylines this year or this week has been Darren Carrington being suspended. Ayala Ford, even though he's a fifth-string six string running back whatever he is former walk-on he's he's crucial on special teams he's been a very good special teams player for them and so it doesn't immediately come to the front of your mind but if somebody takes the wrong lane on a, like a on a kick coverage play then that's a huge deal that changes field position um who are you waving at who did you just wave at our boy ivan here oh ivan good he's helped us out here oh, he's, he's the one who put oh, the, the, the banner looks fantastic by yeah. the way um i'm i'm worried that there will be plays that we're not considering and people haven't been considering such as, you know, coverage units, punting, you know, if, if Oregon shanks a punt, that's huge. That's enormous. And no matter how good Marcus Mariota is, no matter how good DeForest Buckner is, that the field position of dumb plays on special teams, um, it favors Ohio State, I think, considerably. But... Beyond that, there's nothing that makes me dramatically believe that Oregon won't be able to handle Ohio State's offense mostly. Because I also feel like Ohio State is going to get theirs. And I, I, I'm perfectly willing to accept being totally wrong about this game. And I just feel like Oregon is versatile enough and experienced enough to, to win in more ways. One thing that stuck with me was this whole notion of a coaching gap between Helfrich mm -hmm. and Urban Meyer. I do believe Urban Meyer is the better X's and O's coach. I could be proven wrong in time. Right. 
Helfrich has done nothing but good things so far in his time You're at You're not going to believe which program Urban Meyer trailed and embedded himself into to learn about X's I and O's. I would be completely stunned to hear right. that it's Oregon. Correct. But, um, you know, I, I think back to other teams that have won national championships, mm-hmm. and, and it's always, for me, a delicate balance between a team that's supremely talented with coach that maybe you're unsure of. Larry Coker yeah. comes to mind. Sure. Those Miami teams were incredible. They had a ton of NFL talent on them. Uh-huh. Way more NFL talent than Oregon. Correct. But Larry Coker wasn't long for Miami. No. Eventually, he, he went the way of the dinosaur because right. he, he couldn't sustain that program that Bush right. Davis put in place. And it, it's probably a weird comparison to draw. It's, it's how does similar, How yes. does the talent outweigh any coaching gap? If you are, if you're Oregon against Ohio State, I probably fall on the side of, um, you know, the talent winning out in this case, just because you've got a star quarterback and you've got so much talent around the field. But there are certainly things that could happen here that uh, that might make me feel otherwise. What is Mark Helfrich's record against a championship winning quarterback in the last 11 days? 11 days, excuse me, coach. Yes. One and oh. Right. So. Yes, there, it, the national championship is a bigger stage. It is a bigger deal. There are other hurdles. I actually think the Rose Bowl, we were just upstairs talking to our friend Jill Savage, that this is actually much more of a business trip without all of the, the trimmings that perhaps the Rose Bowl had, going to Disneyland, going to the, to the the Beef Bowl, things like that. There are still events that Oregon's involved in, but it's much more we're in school, we're on a bus, we're going to the game, we're practicing, we play. Um, same thing, obviously, for Ohio State with what they had to do before the Sugar Bowl. Um, the coaching thing is interesting. This is a coaching staff that most largely has prepared for a national championship game as well. Um, I just I keep coming back to how is Ohio State going to beat Marcus Mariota? I just there there are too many ways. I actually expect because one of the big things this season has been his ability to play a little bit more, and I mean this in a positive way, recklessly on the ground, taking yardage, running the ball after the Arizona loss. It it became sort of uh, uh, an issue of him being. There was urgency, I guess, that there wasn't necessarily before. He was playing a little bit more conservative. I think he's, I think Oregon will probably run the zone read a lot more than we've seen this year. Uh, I think they're going to try to do a ton of damage on the ground and get those longer drives in the first half and force Ohio State to really take advantage when they have the ball. Well, as we've said time and time again this week, they're trying to build this up to be some sort of Super Bowl. They've mm-hmm. had the media day. Obviously, they had the Final Four and now the, right. the championship game of the playoff. So, as you might expect, mm-hmm. if you go online, a ton of prop bets. Yes. I want to run through a Let's couple of it. those with you. But first, we do have a sponsor Uh-oh. for this fine show that we've got before you here. What's that? Nature Box. Oh, God, I love Nature Box. Remember our good friends over at Nature Box? Of course. Dan, life is hectic. It, it can be hectic, yes. So sometimes it's hard to make the best snacking choices, especially when you're hungry, especially if you're looking for a quick pick-me-up. We've been looking for a pick-me-up all week here. Right. Trying to keep our energy up. I wish we had Nature Box. I actually really wish we did, too. I mean, after all the meat and all the other junk we've been eating. A lot of barbecue. You know, maybe some sriracha roasted cashews would be oh, nice right yeah. about now. Salty and spicy, sure. How about some pistachio that's power a lot clusters? Of people describe you, salty and spicy. That's right. Yeah, you just oh, learned what sriracha was. Sriracha, course, that's right. Ago. Now I'm hooked. <laughs> How about a pistachio power cluster or a Big Island pineapple? Oh, both nicknames I had in high school. Yeah, the Big Island pineapple and the power cluster. So here's you how you can get. You don't want to know it. what the power cluster is. The power cluster? To. No, not yet. Not until our after hours show. The FCC would not want no, us absolutely. to. No, absolutely. We're not we are not governed by the FCC. Talk sir. about the power clusters. Uh, if you're interested in these snacks or any other fine snacks, go yeah. to naturebox.com. 
Com, delicious and healthy snack options. They've got over 100 nutritionist-approved snacks. Mm-hmm. Something for everyone all with zero artificial flavors, colors, sweeteners, no trans fat, no Forget high fructose it. corn syrup. No, sir. None of that garbage. You could find plenty of snacks with bold enough flavors, all natural stuff, no nonsense that you have to worry about. So here is the deal. They're fun little packages too. I really like. They come in. A, they come like in a, a box. Bright orange. No, I'm saying the packages like the the bags oh, yeah. of the individualized things. They're yeah, not yeah. too big, so you're not going to eat yourself sick with eating too much. It's the portions are great. It's a sunny orange and yellow bag. It's great. Just it's a bright spot in my day, Ty. Here is how you can get Nature Box yeah. if you're interested. Give them a try. Mm-hmm. Go to naturebox.com naturebox.com slash verbal you can now get a trial box featuring five of their most popular snacks for free 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 snacks how much free zero dollars like this podcast price solid verbal gives you a special deal naturebox.com slash verbal you'll get a free trial box of delicious snacks Mm -hmm. please do give a shot you don't have to convince me ty i'm in all right so here are some props I'm going to read through a, uh, a few of my favorites. For anyone who is used to Super Bowl prop betting, you'll yeah. notice that a lot of these are, are very similar. Yeah. The first score of the game, Daniel, will either be touchdown or field goal slash safety. Um, I'm assuming field goal slash safety is more likely. Touchdown oh, is touchdown actually is more likely. likely? Um, which, is, which is different because in a lot of Super Bowls, the field goal is is the one that's favored. But I'm thinking two big play teams, sure. questionable special teams right. on the Oregon side. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with field goal. I'd be inclined to go field goal or safety, too. We agree. Will there be a score in the first four minutes and 30 seconds of the game? I'm going to say no. I kind of agree with you. I think both of these quarterbacks will start out a little bit tight, and I think it's a, it's a back and forth maybe with uh, the, the really nice Ohio State punt game, uh, pinning Oregon. Getting some back and forth. I'm going to say no. I agree with you. Yeah. Teams come out tight in games like this. Four mm-hmm. minutes and 30 seconds goes by pretty quickly. Yeah. I'd be inclined to say God, I'm going to be so scores. wrong about all of these. This is the surest thing in college football. Here is the one that gets me all, all the time in the Super got? Bowl. Will either team score three unanswered times in the game? So Oregon did it, what, 10 out of their 12 regular season games, I believe? 10 out of their 12 regular season games, they scored 20 consecutive points. Right. On an opponent. So if you use that as a basis. Did it against Florida State? Did it against Florida State? I believe State. You they should did it feel against Arizona good. in the Pac-12 championship game. I'm not yep. positive. You should feel pretty good about that, statistically speaking. Right. That there is a wave to Oregon when they get rolling and figure out a team and tire a team down. Um in Ohio State as well. I mean, they when their offense is going, it's ridiculous, especially so this with how is, well Ezekiel Elliott is played. This could be three field goals in a row. This could be touchdown, right. field goal, touchdown, but I'm three yes. unanswered times. I'm going to say yes. I always go no here. I'm always wrong. Right. I'm going to go yes. All right. Here's one that I think could be interesting in this game. Mm-hmm. Will a special teams or defensive touchdown be scored in the vein of our uh, Stuart Mandel discussion a little earlier? Defensive special teams touchdown? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. It just it feels like one of those games that no matter who wins, there is going to be a big weird moment if that, you bet- that sort of decides like either there's an Oregon turnover and Ohio State scores and builds on that. And, you know, it, that's clearly the turning point. I feel like there is going to be a, a turnover turning point. If you bet 10 bucks, you can win 14 on that one. Now. That's not bad. 
Here's one that I think uh, I like. We won't go through all of these because there's a, a whole boatload of them. Right. Team to use the first timeout. I feel like Ohio State's probably a lock to with, use the first with timeout. With a, a much more green quarterback, the communication, the yes, I would say Ohio State would be that lock. Right now I'm looking at this point spread because the point spread has jumped around a little bit, as you know, on the solid verbal all year. Mm-hmm. We have been doing games against the point spread. Right. Neither one of us has been particularly sparkling. Right. As far as our actual record. Sure thing, college football. This is a point spread that has jumped around a bunch of different times. It opened yeah. at around seven points. Then the Darren Carrington news came out. It jumped down to five. Now, depending on where you look, mm-hmm. you can find this game at seven. You could find this game at six. I'm not seeing it anywhere at five. So people may be coming to their senses a little bit. Who knows? We're going to use seven as our number here, Dan Rubenstein. Right. What is your final prediction again? Um, I'm going to say Ohio State covers the seven points that it opened up at, barely covering, losing by six. And Oregon wins the game, sort of surviving a, an admirable Ohio State comeback attempt. Okay. I say 45-35. And I think it's close for a quarter and a half. Yeah. And then I think it's uh, a matter of Oregon putting on maybe 20, cons- 20 consecutive points, um, maybe three consecutive scores. But um, I could see it being a closer Almost game. similar to Alabama-Notre Dame or LSU-Alabama, where early on it's very clear that one of the teams is better and Another team's trying to play catch-up. Right. Play, trying to play catch-up. So okay. it could very easily, in the end, be a 10-point game. It could be 45-35. Yep. It could also be 45-10. to 10. Mm-hmm. And then Ohio State packs on some garbage time scores. Right. So that's the kind of game I'm feeling. I just I've never had the impression that this game is going to be super close. I've tried to talk myself into it over the course of the week, but I am going to go Oregon minus the seven points in this one here. I think the Ducks get their first national championship. One question that uh, our friend Will Leach asked me, he asked me to do his show, and I thought it was probably better than any question I've asked this week. Which is the better storyline? in this the first year of the college football playoff is it Oregon winning their first ever national championship symbolic for a number of reasons obviously the first year of a new system right or is it Ohio State a traditional power coming into a new system what do you you mean by better storyline which is more interesting to the public at large a team winning its first national championship or a blue blood program like Ohio State returning to glory now under Urban Meyer in a new system. I think the most interesting story from a, a broad mainstream standpoint would be a third-string quarterback winning the national championship in his third start. I think Oregon at this point, with how comfortably they've won since that loss, was it on? It was a Thursday or Friday night against Arizona State. Sure. Or Arizona, excuse Thursday me, night. late at night. Thursday night. Um, Oregon has become a machine. They, they beat everybody by 30. So them winning the game is much more of a continuation of what we already know from the 2014 season. You know, Marcus Mariota is great, but he's not a story in the way that, say, Vince Young or Johnny Manziel or Cam Newton. Like, he's just not that charismatic, can't wait to see him go on TV. Like, you, you root for him because he just seems like a nice, quiet guy, and, like, this is a nice culmination. I think people like watching this Oregon system. But in terms of, like, what will make people's head explode and bring people into the room to watch the game, it's still probably a third-string quarterback, a giant, untackable third-string quarterback You, you can write more about the yeah. third-string quarterback, who's a monster. Right. But I think, for me personally, the symbolism of a new system, a much 
a, a much uh, a weighted system like the college football playoff, the combination of that with a new program winning its first national mm-hmm. championship to me is very symbolic, very symbolic. And yeah. I think that's the storyline that would do it for me. Ultimately, I think people are drawn in maybe not so much for the third string quarterback angle, but maybe just from the offensive angle. There's going to be a lot of points in this game. Yeah. I think one way or the other, you're not going to see 22-19 like you did a couple years ago between right. Oregon and Auburn. There are going to be reasons to watch this game. It's going to be a Monday night. Mm-hmm. Football is not going to be on. Right. Other than, you know, uh, I in think the football NFL. is going to be on Monday night. Football is going to be on, but yeah. not NFL. Correct. This is the, the only show in town. Right. There are going to be plenty of reasons for people in to a watch it. Giant here. Stadium, yeah. Giant Stadium. Um, yeah. Uh, any any closing thoughts about the playoff as a whole? How it worked? Are these the best four teams? Are you happy with the general process? Do the ends of it clearly being for there's like a very clear argument these were the best four teams i guess the argument you could make would be against florida state that they weren't one of the best four but hindsight undefeated and it's hard to count them out of the top four but um do the ends of us getting a new type of championship we would have had florida state and alabama in a bcs championship do those ends justify the means by which we got here i think so yeah i think so there are tweaks that need to be made to the system yeah the weekly rankings were stupid. Yep. The weekly rankings were uh, self-serving, perhaps, maybe to draw in some of that controversy that we saw with the BCS. Beyond that, they had no real practical purpose. Right. That, to me, never made a whole lot of sense. It was good fodder for us progressing through the season. Beyond that, though, we didn't really get much out of that. However, certainly putting four teams against one another mm-hmm. is a good thing. I don't know how this could ever be deemed a bad thing. Right. People were so adamant against this when they announced right. it. And, well, they're going to pick the wrong four teams. Right. Well, maybe they picked one of the four wrong teams. Mm-hmm. Maybe TCU should be in it. Maybe yeah. Florida State shouldn't have been in it. Maybe, maybe maybe it's not all about who goes undefeated. And even with the bowl, there's a great reason for Baylor to be in this four-team tournament. It, so you could second-guess it until right. you're blue in the face. My argument remains you stand a better chance of picking the best team in the country if you pick four as opposed to two. Right. And that is not opinion. That is statistical fact. True. Maybe you think TCU should have been in. I, You know, you could definitely make that case. But yeah. for me, having this playoff, doing it the way every other sport, regardless of what it is in the world, right. doing it the way they do it, to me, that that's that's important. And that's the way it should be. So, yeah, the ends definitely justified the means, even though it was a little rocky there. Yeah, I mean, I would still adjust a lot of the means. I think there's a lot of the metrics that they use to determine they they made up, like the uh, the the comfort with which teams had what was it game control that kind game of stuff. Control, they, they yeah. Just like the sort of winging it on that end. I'm still not crazy about a lot of the members on the committee and how they were chosen and how homogenous that still seems to me. The rankings seem stupid. Um, and I, you know, it, you don't want it to become like every other league, college football. But at the same time, we're dealing with inequitable schedules: four non-conference, three non-conference. Um, new, some people playing neutral, some people not. And so, obviously, there are a number of variables that make it impossible to just absolutely say these are the best four teams. But I'd like it to be a nearer playing field. Maybe you stop playing FCS teams if you're an FBS team in a power conference or something like that. It's something that we can sort of compare like resumes in a in a clearer way it'll never be apples to apples no absolutely not No matter how hard we try it'll never be apples to apples however as a result of this system you might see some degree of normalization across right. the board you might see baylor schedule better teams you might see other teams 
scheduled non-FCS non-conference opponents. Mm-hmm. I, I, you're going to see that happen organically over time. Yep. You mentioned the statistics. Some of the wonky metrics that are used to determine who the yeah, final the four should be. the total yardage stuff and the, yeah, you know, it's... But the, the point is, regardless of what metrics you use, right. even if you agree on a standard palette of metrics mm-hmm. to use here, you're still going to have vastly different opinions. True. You know, and, and whether it's game control or the eye test or whatever you want to call it, right. people will still find a way to have different opinions of these teams, even if we're all using the same stats. People are going to read numbers True. however they want. So I don't know if that's ever something you can get to. Right. I think it was a pretty good first stab at it. Yeah, absolutely. It was a pretty good first stab at it. I think it's been a raving success. Yeah, it's that first pancake. That's the comparison I've been making when talking about it. You throw away the first pancake because maybe the grill's a little bit too hot, and that's how you know that you should you know, add a little bit more butter or whatever. It's, you know, the first stab is always going to be. How many times did they tweak the BCS? True. Tweaked it like two or three times Yeah. before they eventually did that. A lot end. of lipstick on that pig. A lot yeah. of lipstick. I'm glad we're here. Yeah. All right, well... Your final score is? 42-36. I'm going to go 45-35. Thanks again for hanging with us here as we came down to Texas, did a bunch of shows with a bunch of guests, a bunch of great guests here in uh, Dallas. Again, the college football playoff national championship is set uh, to begin at, what, 8.30-ish? Eastern. Eastern time between Oregon and Ohio State. They're playing that one over at AT AT&T Stadium, better known as Jerry's World. We'll be watching along with you. I'm sure we'll be tweeting. We're excited to watch the game. I will give people updates on Dan's status. The last time I saw you in a national championship setting, it was it was it was interesting to say the least. Focus, Tyler. I was focused. You needed to be focused for the team. Yeah. Team needed you. Team needed you. Yeah. We got down there on the field just in time for the confetti guns. What's the best thing you've eaten so far in Dallas? Pecan Lodge. Yeah. What was the best bite you had? Was that the brisket that I ate with my, my hands? Uh, you were eating a lot with your hands. It might have been the ribs. I think uh, it was the brisket. It was the brisket. The fatty or the lean? I think you were having fatty. I might have had the fatty and the lean. Yeah. That brisket was unconscionably I've never good. experienced anything quite like that. The brisket and the beef rib. It's a beef short rib. It's a, it's a dinosaur bone. It's about the size of a small football on a bone. And that was among the most perfect bites of beef I've ever come across. Well, how about you? You're the foodie. Uh, it was definitely Pecan Lodge. I mean, I, I shot there for uh, for Easy Call, um, the show I do on SBNation.com. It's a website. Um, and I so I got a sampling of everything, and it was a perfect meal. It was a perfect barbecue meal. And I really did not feel like – I don't think I've felt like eating since, but I have just to keep my energy level up, and that was 48 hours ago. Um, if you are at all coming into the Dallas area, you have to go to Pecan Lodge. It's that good. It was very good. And Dallas has been cold and rainy. It's been cold. It's been rainy. Going to heat up tomorrow. Though. There's a big game to talk about. Yeah, this is true. Oregon, Ohio State. Enjoy the game, folks. Don't forget to give us a call. 408-VERBAL-1. That's 408-837-2251. Find us on Twitter at SolidVerbal. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash SolidVerbal. Also on FanCred. And we do have an email inbox, SolidVerbal at Gmail. Com. Thanks again to our sponsor, Nature Box. Thanks again to everyone here who turned up to watch this great show. Yes. You can tell by the echo. There aren't many. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Stay solid. Peace.